1: Hello and welcome to another episode of It's Eleven, It's Heaven for Jamie Vardy. This episode is sponsored by www.untoldcourage.com, a men's fashion clothing brand that gives 12% of its profits back to mental health charities, saving lives, one garment at a time. Welcome to another episode of It's 11, it's heaven for JB Vardy, the Leicester City podcast by Leicester City fans, for Leicester City fans. We're joined by a, a full panel tonight, although we've transferred out our Northern Irish contingent in Aidan and brought in Aaron, who is a Manchester United fan that has joined us on the show before, uh, down in Bristol. How are you doing, Aaron? Good, thank you. It's good to have you. We look forward to, to talking all things Man United versus Leicester. And also just getting your opinion on uh, Nigel Pearson the Bristol City manager, a bit later on as well. Um, and we'll come back to you. Steve, how's things up in Aberdeen?
2: Nice bright and sunny at the moment. Obviously looking forward to a Wembley trip. Didn't expect that. So
1: uh, all good. What a time to be alive, eh? Yeah. Tom, first day in a new job today. How are you feeling? Yes, it's mate.
3: My head's spinning. Don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so See nothing how? new there. I thought we'd better talk
1: to you about a new job. If we speak to me about when I start a new job, we'll be talking about it every week, won't we? So, uh, yeah. Still at the university, still living life?
3: Absolutely, mate. Uh, Bit of a strange week, though. You know, bad results and something to look forward to. So I don't really know how to feel at the minute.
1: Well, we're going to get some therapy in today, I think. That's the way I look at this. And uh, we'll put Friday night's... Abysmal performance uh, behind us And we'll lay that to, to bed and, and hope that we can focus on a positive result tomorrow Baz, More, you're up in Murrayshire, aren't you?
4: Uh, that's correct, Jim, Bucky Yeah, and yeah,
1: um, last place of the UK That's looking like it's going to come out Of some sort of lockdown, I've read today
4: Yeah, I think we're, we're going to come out of tier two next week Yeah There's just been a spike I think the, the high school of Elgin Kind of spread it around So yeah, it's pretty bad
1: Yeah um, and obviously, from Monday, we're going to be able to give each other a hug, Tom. So you'll have to hold that on Saturday at Wembley, and uh, you know we'll bank it exactly. for another time. Right. Yeah, I don't right.
4: see right. Don't seem that interesting. <laughs>
1: to be fair. So we'll we'll start off before we talk about Friday night's result and um, all things considered in balance Now, Steve, how are you feeling about Champions League qualification and our chances on that?
2: Well, as uh, a lot of fans put it. Uh, The West Ham game was vital and must win and we wouldn't get Champions League uh, if we didn't win that. And we didn't. So it's been over for a long time now, (laughs) according to some of the glass half-full brigade. Um, We've still got a chance, haven't we? It's going to be tough. But um, we've never played three bad games on the trot, right? And we've had two bad games. Southampton was poor-ish. Um, and obviously defensively the mistakes against Newcastle were woeful amazingly we still had something like 25 shots or something so we could have easily got back into the game if we had been more clinical in our finishing but also if we hadn't given them three goals I think so um, Man U might play the kids on Tuesday yeah. and then a strong team against Liverpool because they hate the Scousers so that could do us some favours um, I Getting seven points would be tough. But if Manu beat Liverpool, I think getting four points from three games is doable. I think we'll beat the Spuds in the on the last game.
1: Of course, if we, you know, do get those three points, and um, three points might be enough if Liverpool lose as well, because of the goal difference side to, to things. I know it's tight and, and presumably that swing a little bit with them winning and us losing. But there's so much to, to play for. So it's weird, isn't it, supporting other teams at this stage of the season, Tom? Did you watch the Everton West Ham game yesterday?
3: I didn't I caught the result though and <laughs> yeah there's been a couple of results that have gone our way this you know in the last couple of days and a couple that haven't but um yeah we're we're still in that position where we're in the prime spot to take it and um you know you you could say a few weeks back would be we'd be looking at the fixtures thinking we should be another five points up really with Southampton gone and yeah. Newcastle um but you know we've we've beat these teams that we've got to play next before this season, yep. so there's nothing to say we can't do it again.
1: We've beat all three of them haven't we That's a really good point that you know I think our stage at, our, our feelings at this stage of the season go to that worst case, and um, that was a huge result it, there yesterday at the the London Stadium. Dominic Calvert Lewin scores the goal. I was cheering it. I honestly I think I tweeted it, it was like Vardy <laughs> banging one in from 30 yards. Yeah. Was, it, yeah, it was it was a huge <laughs> moment for us. So you're looking at the table now. And Aaron, I'll come to you to you next. So West Ham are on 58 points. They're five behind us. So they're still, you know, relatively close to catching us, I suppose. Liverpool are on 57, but they've got that game in hand. And Spurs are on 56. If we get one more win. Spurs and uh, I don't think Everton can can finish above us so Liverpool the the main contenders do you think West Ham and Liverpool might pick up enough points to overtake us the rest of the season? Uh,
5: I I think West Ham are out of it looking at that, that they were pretty poor against Everton I thought actually Um, they just didn't have anything did they? And Everton didn't exactly do anything amazing Um, it was a good good pass from Godfrey for the goal for Calvert-Lewin but apart from that they were poor I think it is just Liverpool's the only one now um, for you guys, and and that's why. Hopefully, like, I, there's a little bit in me that wants you your lot to beat Man United tomorrow, so that then we go and beat Liverpool on Thursday and, and go for. I'd rather Liverpool not get Champions League football and lose to Leicester tomorrow.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that would end it for them, wouldn't it? Effectively, if if that. Series of results happened over the next few days. Barry, you've done your part as an Aston Villa fan uh, by losing to Man United yesterday. So they are <laughs> they are now <laughs> confirmed. <laughs> oh, no, you know, credit where credit is due. Uh, confirmed for uh, for the Champions League next season.
4: Uh, what were they like yesterday, Man United? Um, they were. <clears throat> know, we had them. I think we were on demise. Stupid penalty. Um, terrible marking for their second goal, and then yeah, Cavani's goal was class. Actually, to be fair. But um, yeah, just a referee from Manchester, uh things not going to VAR. Um just it was just a bit man united. That's yeah. basically what it is. But um I think if we didn't give away that penalty and got to about an hour mark, I think we would have we maybe would have hit them on the break because we looked quite dangerous to be fair.
1: Yeah.
4: Um, but they were okay. But it was a strong team they put out.
1: Yeah, it was that uh, legend of Aston Villa, Bertrand Traorou, wasn't it? That I know you're so keen on. That scored the scored a worldy of a goal, actually,
4: wasn't it? Bent it yeah, into... I, I, I was listening to a couple of Villa podcasts today at work, and they were just absolutely jizzing over him. And it's like, do you watch the rest of the game? He's just utter mint. I can't. I can't stand him. <laughs> and it clearly was like fluke. And they're, they're claiming that it was a wonder goal. I just, I'm not having it. I'm not yeah. having him. He's he's gross.
1: We were just discussing before we came on air as well. Uh, I bet that we had on New Year's Eve after you'd had a, one too many of the old uh, whiskeys, uh, and I offered you a way out, didn't I? You know, from the financial side of things, I offered to send you up a Leicester City shirt with Yuri Tillemans on the back, and, and uh, you know, allow you to wear that for the for the rest of the the podcast this year. But you, you've refused that. I
4: have, yeah. Why? <laughs> uh, <laughs> <my. laughs> well, I probably would have allowed it for any other player, but. I don't like to put fraudulent names on the back of my shirts, so, and you know, I'm certainly not going to wear someone else's.
1: You've uh, you've had Barry on the back of your shirt.
4: <laughs> no, I've never had Barry. But... <laughs> <I've> had <laughs> last of Nigel
1: <laughs> yeah, we can't allow uh, Tillman's to to mix in that sort of company with those <laughs> illustrious names. Uh, listen, we're, we'll move on to the to the game on Friday night, Steve. When you see Johnny Evans hobbling
2: off after the warm-up.
1: What, what was your
2: thoughts? Uh, uh, I thought that spelt a lot of trouble for us because um, the three of them have played really well together. But he's obviously the guy in the middle, the guy that controls everything, that does all the talking, that's got all the experience. And he's always made people look good, hasn't he? I mean, look at Maguire. We managed to sell him for £80 million because he was playing next to Johnny Evans. Um, sorry, Aaron. Uh, but, uh, you know, Siontu and, and uh, Fafana kind of lost their heads a bit without him talking to them, didn't, didn't they?
1: Yeah, they went a bit
2: from being sort of back and to
1: Maldini to the, the Chucker brothers, didn't they, on Friday night? It was an <laughs> <Yeah>. appalling <laughs> performance by those guys. And um, he, he is crucial to us. I felt a bit sorry for him watching in the stand with this crutch next to him, Tom. You could see that he wanted to be on the field. He's yeah. 33, he's 34 in the summer. We've got a ticking time bomb here. With you know, if he's not in our side next season, then he's unlikely to play every minute of every game. How how do we adjust and keep the levels True. of
3: performance up there? Yeah, it's definitely a concern that we need we need another centre back. Really, but it's just disappointing that one. Much as he commands, you know, our our defence for one player to be out and it to. Cause that much of an upset. It's, it's not good enough from the rest of the players,
2: really. Yeah. Well, it was last minute as well, Tom. And I don't know if that that was what really affected yeah. them because it was all in the plans that Evans was there and it was in the warm up.
0: These things happen, though, what don't they?
2: they well, they do. But it's they, I mean, Fofana's only 20 and Sionchu is a bit of a head case anyway, isn't he, without a calm and influence <laughs> around him. So, um, I'm, I'm not totally surprised. I, I was surprised he put Castagna in there with them. I don't think that helped.
1: And that was where I was going to go to to Barry, actually. I know you watched the game on, on Friday with, uh, with you know, with your neutral specs on. And Brendan Rodgers has to stand by the decisions that are made, doesn't he? And a lot of managers in that moment, that's where they earn their, their big money. So that decision late on in the game, uh, late on in the warm-up, sorry, to bring Castagna in, uh, sorry, to bring Albright in and move Castagna back.
4: Was that potentially the wrong decision? Um, yeah I think so because he looked he looked lost he didn't uh, he didn't really seem to know if he was fullback and in the centre half he was always caught too far forward Um, and like a defender's a defender but he probably needs to be instructed better yeah especially if the leader's not on the pitch
1: yeah, I mean, you know, the guys themselves at the back had their own sort of competition for mistake of the season uh, in that 90 minutes on, on Friday. Aaron, you watched the game, didn't you? Because I remember you, you sending me a message saying that we were we were pretty awful. We had some warning signs, though. Uh, I think Alan Sam Maximum missed a, a real opportunity. A fantastic save by Kasper Schmeichel, early doors. Uh, what did you make to that?
5: Yeah, it was, it was a great save by Casper, but yeah, I kind of agree with what everyone else said. Uh, to be honest, I couldn't work out if he'd actually changed the shape by Evans not being in it, whether you played a different formation, just because I couldn't work out who was where and what was going on. and um, signed you and uh, Fana just didn't look right whatsoever. That uh, I think kind of what you said, Evans is 33. He's not going to play every game, even if you went and tried to sign another centre-back. Well, You've got to sign someone actually with experience that is going to be able to manage them to through the match by the looks of what happened in that game. Because look, it's it's Newcastle as well. That they're not that wasn't kind of top opposition, was it? It was Newcastle. We yeah. did make them look
1: like Prime Barca though at some points. Yeah. yeah. It was
5: like
1: <laughs> Callum Wilson had turned into Lionel Messi, wasn't it, for, for half the match there.
2: It was yeah, so- but there was a couple of things. I mean, I think that's why we're interested in Tarkovsky because we need a backup to Evans, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think you can play for Fana and Suyantu on their own or bring in another kid to play with them like Benkovic. You need some experience in the in the back three or even a back four. You need one of them to be experienced, I think. So that's – I don't rate Tarkovsky that highly, but I think that's why we were interested in him because Johnny Evans isn't going to play every game. Um yeah. But yeah, why play such a high line as well if you know that Newcastle are going to hit you on the break? Why give them so much space from the halfway line to Michael to hit the ball into for them to run at you? Surely you sit a bit deeper knowing what they're going to do. It was almost panic, wasn't it? So when that first mistake happened, I say first mistake because there was a
1: few warning signs that Zyunky was going to do that. I think we'd, we'd spoken about that in our chat as the game was going on. He was... Rushing into tackles, he was missing the, missing balls, he was, he was all over the place. And then he tries a Cruyff turn, gets uh, <laughs> beat, beaten by Willock. And Willock's playing really well, to be fair. But from that point, you're right, Steve. You know, maybe we tried to force the game too much to, to get back into it unnecessarily.
2: Yeah. Well, it played right into Newcastle's hands. That's exactly what they were looking for, wasn't it?
4: Yeah. He's a good player, isn't he, Joe Willock, uh, Barry? Yeah, I thought I he thought was great. Uh, hmm. Probably man of the match, I would say. Yeah. He's just involved in everything. Really enjoyed watching him. Play.
1: Yeah, they've got a few of Newcastle. I know they're a poor side. I went on a, a pre-match show for another fan channel before the the Newcastle game, and they were saying, "Oh, Newcastle are rubbish. They've got no threats." And I'm thinking that's it's naive because anyone mm. on anyone's day can uh, can turn up and and you know ruin that party for us. I really like Alan Saint Maximum as well. I think he's a quality player. He's a good character. Could, as well, there there could be a
4: bid war. I think. I think. I think. I think there'll be a bidding war between your boys and ours for him.
1: I can't see us going for for him. Yeah, I think it'd be too much money. Um,
2: you can, yeah, so.
1: yeah. We don't sign Premier League players, really, do we? Jose Perez, no. there's one for you. £30 That That's worked a, out
2: well, hasn't
1: it? There's a reason not to spend. <laughs> to go <laughs> chasing players from Newcastle and it's on.
3: <laughs> yeah, like, like you say, I, d- I do think Newcastle have got some, some good, especially attacking players. Um, St Maximum, in particular, is rapid. And that first warning sign of him breaking through. It, it's, it, it's these things that we've seen at the start of some of the games recently, where players have just broke through a line straight away, like they did uh, with Evans the other week. Um, but we don't seem to learn from it. The amount of times that they just ran at us, we had no one there. It was, yeah, it was embarrassing on Friday.
1: Yeah, it's the sort of game that's happened to us so many times this season as well, isn't it? So you look at Leeds United at home, West Ham at home, Fulham at home, that game there, there's probably more, I think we've lost, is it seven out of nine games or eight out of ten games at home this season? It's not going to get you into the Champions League, is it? It's it's really a a poor um, run of form. Paul Dummett, though, scoring the second goal. Uh, Barry, what did you think to that goal? Ball gets swung into the six-yard box. Should the goalkeeper be there?
4: Yeah, but that's them. I said. I said before the game. I think I said in the preview they'll, they'll score by a dirty corner or something like that. And yeah. that's exactly what that was. It's just yeah. that Steve Bruce. That is Steve Bruce to a point. We've got
1: a Steve Bruce masterclass, though. That's the problem with it. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. We, we were 4-0 down after an hour and it's a Steve Bruce team. <laughs>
2: we're we're honoured. Not many people get to see that, Mark. So.
1: I know. It is the, the home of goals this season, though, isn't it, King Power? you so See that stat, seen yeah. more goals in the, in the league than uh, any other side, I think, in the whole country this season. Not always for the best, though,
2: Steve. No. I mean, I, I think they're all mistakes, weren't they? Obviously, Sion Chu for the first one was a terrible uh, mistake. I think Little Wes could have done better for the second. Mm. Um, he got out-muscled quite easy for that. And then two people made mistakes for the third. Um, Ricardo lost the ball. He looked hopeless, actually. I've never seen him so lacking in confidence. Yeah. I don't think he went forward at all or passed it forward at all. Um, and he lost the ball, but he lost it there. Then Castagna's kind of attempt to tackle, which ended up as a short back pass, uh, uh, you know, it's, there was just loads of things going wrong, weren't there? But Farner didn't really, he lost his concentration after Wilson hit the post and left him, you know, there's so many things, the basic things that went wrong.
1: There were things that we got away with as well, weren't there? So the ball was seemingly going out of play and Fafana leaves it and they nip in and it, it yeah. was really basic errors. So surely that can't all be down to Johnny Evans, can it, Tom?
3: Well, well no, <laughs> absolutely not. I think, like as Steve says there, you know, the players switched off um, multiple times. When when the um, Wilson got his chance to play Wally with the post you know Sionku didn't move at all a whole back line had resigned at the edge of our uh, penalty area so yeah it's just, just disappointing all round
1: for anyone that is listening as well, we are having a crowd page for Tom's internet
3: um, connection <laughs> <laughs> to get, him up to, to, get him up to an acceptable level. We're Having a bad time tonight as well. <laughs> no, you're
1: you're all right, mate. You just uh, yeah, no, you're fine. I'm only kidding. Um, but you know, we had a chance just before <laughs> half time. Jamie Vardy goes through. What did you make of Jamie Vardy's performance, Aaron? Uh, you know, you must have seen him a couple of times this season. Is it the same play that you've seen over the years? I,
5: I I don't know what's what's up with him. He just doesn't seem right, does he? He, he, look the, the players around him that maybe help him usually aren't quite at it either so the midfielders maybe kind of picking the passes i know barnes has been out for a while but his sort of movement is helping him create spaces as, as well um I, I i just don't know like it i you don't want to say it cause it's it but like is he coming towards the end of his time now is that is that what's happening
1: and that's a question we have to ask, isn't it? And, you know, Buzz talks about blue-tinted specs. We, Me, Tom and Steve will all have that towards Jamie Vardy for purely what he's given us over the years. He, he had another rotten game there, Barry, didn't he?
4: Yeah, well, to be fair, I never said blue-tinted against him. I think you've always been bad on about Vardy. But, like, no-one did. Like, no-one had a good game. The, the defence yeah. being too high up meant the midfielders couldn't get on the ball and that meant the, the two strikers couldn't get any, any of the action. It was just a bad day in the office, poor formation choice, uh, maybe a slight poor selection choice, but I'm not going to say I told you so. So I think, yeah. If you're level,
1: level three coaching badge that you
4: Correct. Mendy's yeah. started. Alex Will Ferguson would be quaking.
1: <laughs> yeah, Will Will did have a poor game. Yeah. Just going back to Vardy though, Steve, that is 31 games played this season and he scored 13 goals, which doesn't sound too bad, but seven of them have been penalties. So that's six yeah. goals and 31 games for a striker of his calibre from open play. That's not right,
2: is it? No, it's not. And he doesn't look as confident now, does he? Um, when, when he gets into a one-on-one or where he goes through... Um, and then things are happening, like people play the ball and it comes back off his heel rather than, uh, you know, ends up in front of them. So there's something not quite right. Um, but this happened after his, his hernia injury and in his operation. So whether he's just um, these operations with the ages at now take their toll a bit more and it's going to take him longer to get back and be sharp, I don't know. Or whether that's just the beginning of the end. We'll have to wait and see.
1: Yeah, we will wait and see. You know, we've got a big game or big two games coming up and, you know, who would put it past Jamie Vardy to be back to his very best for, for those two games. But Tom, so a player that's taken a lot of the stick again on social media has been James Madison for his performance on uh, on Friday night. Is that fair?
3: Um, I don't think it's fair to single him out, personally. I think... I think the whole team was dreadful, to be honest. I don't. I think it's harder to pick a player that you'd give a pat on the back after Friday. But um,
1: yeah, yeah certainly. All Brighton. Really yeah, All Brighton was pushed, probably the, the standout away. player, wouldn't he, for us?
2: Uh, only when they swaped yeah. him over, to yeah. be
1: honest.
4: Yeah.
3: <laughs> Going back to Madison, then. Yeah, a nice finish he- for, the, for the goal oh, as well.
1: Yeah. Steve mentioned that around. Uh, it, an operation for Vardy. Madison had an operation as well, didn't he? Is the whole party situation and his attitude, and also the way that he seems to be labouring through matches, is that where he's getting a lot of stick from the fans? Is that where it's coming from?
2: Yeah, I think I think some fans haven't forgiven him. Some fans wanted him out the club, didn't they? After the party thing, after all, it wasn't his first indiscretion. But I think he hasn't got that match sharpness either. And as Brendan Rogers has said, he's, he's kind of caught between a rock and a hard place because we've missed Madison at the end of last year terribly when he was out injured. And therefore, Rogers is trying to give him some game time to get him fit for the last few games. But he's been completely ineffective. Yeah. Perez yeah. would have done a better job for sure.
1: Just something that I noticed in the first half there, Steve, as well, was that when we were pressing the the Gagan press from the front, if you like, and um, th- you know, Ian Achovardi were pressing him, and Madison behind was just allowing players to run off him, which makes yeah. the you know what
2: the other two were doing completely pointless. He's got to work yeah. harder, hasn't he? Yeah, he has, and um. I don't know. Has he has he got the hump with it? Are the rest of the team forgiven him yet? I would think they have. I would think they've moved on. I wouldn't think there's any more strain in the team. But yeah, he's got to put more into it. I mean, I I, I know he's a very important player. He's our most creative player. But I, I wouldn't be playing him when he's putting in that level of performance or Ricardo. I just think that's you know it's like playing with nine men, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Well, it was like playing with less than that, actually, on Friday, wasn't it? Some of the other performances yeah, yeah. that were, were getting put in. A performance that was a good performance was on the other side, though, Aaron, and that was uh, Callum Wilson. Uh, he scored two goals against us. He looks handy, doesn't he? And uh, he gave us a real to- tory time. What do you think of Callum Wilson?
5: Just he, he just got a bit of everything, hasn't he, to be honest? He, he, he's, he's physical, he's big, strong, he, he's pretty quick, he can finish with both feet. Um it's a great signing for Newcastle when you think they were relying on Joel Linton last season and then they've kind of upgraded to Callum Wilson. Um, when you've got people like Almiron and Maxman running around him with their pace, like it seems like a, a, a nice little match. Newcastle can kind of do something a bit better with their back line, and that they should be in a decent chance, really, shouldn't they, of pushing up the table next season?
1: Yeah. Um, Barry, he did he turn Villa down to go to to Newcastle, but you got Ollie, Ollie Watkins instead, didn't you? So yeah,
4: it was a smokescreen. It was a smokescreen, so we we're trying to get Ollie Watkins over the line. Yeah, I, I like we wouldn't have got them both because there's no way he would be a number two. Yeah. Uh, but would I have been unhappy if I got him if we didn't get
2: Watkins? Yeah, probably. I would have been happy enough. Yeah, Steve, I think and- he would have been ideal for us, you know, as a Vardy replacement because at the moment. Ian Acho can't yeah. play on his own up front, right? He's shown that. He's... Yeah. But uh, Wilson uh, is fast. He plays on the shoulder. He can score goals. And for me, he would have been an ideal backup to Vardy. He would have probably played more than Vardy this year, the way things have gone. But I guess he wouldn't have wanted to come to to play that role anyway.
1: Did the late goals make you feel any better? The goals by all Brighton and, uh, and Ian Acher, and it almost looked like if Perez had just snuck that one at the far post, we were going to set up an unlikely grandstand finish. Or is it even more frustrating that we can turn that on and, uh, and get ourselves back in the game, Steve? Uh,
2: uh, well, I had hope for a little while. I thought it was too little, too late. But when, as you said, with a Perez chance, if that had gone in, we would have had a you know couple of minutes left to try and, and get an, an unlikely equaliser. So, yeah, it's frustrating, but we did create a lot of chances throughout the game. It's just the defensive mistakes that really cost us, I think. Um, even with us, uh, the players not playing that well, we did create a lot of chances. So, um, uh, yeah, I think it would have papered over the cracks a little bit. Yeah. Ultimately, then,
1: not too much harm done in terms of our top four chances. Tom? Um, how does Brendan Rodgers change the mindset of the, the players going into um, certainly tomorrow night's game and then the huge game in the FA Cup final on Saturday?
3: It's difficult, isn't it? <clears throat> I, I think I think they've just got to be well aware that you know we've only got a couple of matches left, and if they're not at the best, then we're not getting anywhere this season, are we? Um, you know Chelsea are going to be extremely tough in in the cup final. So yeah, you know, we've got Chelsea twice, Manu and Spurs all to play. It's ridiculous. It's it's, hard, it's a hard run of games.
1: It is. It's uh, you know we, we don't win the easy games, do we? In the minute, so and, and two of those are away, so it might That's well might, might well favour us a little bit. I think we'll draw a line under Newcastle United on Friday. I think we've said what needs to be said, Steve. To break us up, nice and uh, cleanly. Shall we? Shall we do a little bit of last man standing? You're taking over from our Irish counterparts, and aren't you? You don't need to yeah, do it. In his and, accent, really.
2: Uh, apologies really <laughs> to Aaron and Barry because this is more of a Leicester knowledge quiz. I'll oh, smash it. The last man standing, right? And I'm looking at the season that we won the league. Yes, we'll be talking about that in another 60 years, probably. (laughs) Uh, 2015-16, we won the league. Now, in the league, there was actually 12 goal scorers for us in the league. Right? But I'm not going to ask you who they were. I'm going to ask you for the 10 players that played a league game for Leicester, that didn't score a goal oh. in our league-winning season. Oof. And I'll start with Mark. Casper Schmeichel. Yeah, you got the easy one, yeah. That's right. He's played the most games without scoring a goal, 38.
1: Yeah, he shouldn't have, though, should he? He should have had a goal. Do you remember Yeovil? It was a yeah, Tuesday night in the Championship. It,
2: that wasn't in the Premier League winning season, though.
1: I was going to get my high horse then. All right, I'll leave it.
2: Yeah. Uh, Tom, you're next. Danny, Sim- Danny Simpson. Danny Simpson, well done. The second highest appearances without scoring a goal. 13 matches he played for us. This is going to be difficult. Yeah, Aaron.
5: be really difficult. Yeah, I, I, I had Simpson retiring as well. Um, Fuchs.
2: Well done. 30 games as well, and two as substitute. A Fuchs didn't score. Well done, Aaron. Barry. Andy King. Andy King, I'm afraid to say, he made nine appearances and sixteen a substitute and scored two goals. So you're out, Barry, I'm afraid. All right. Um, Mark. Martian Fazilevsky. Vasilevsky, three appearances and one a sub, didn't score a goal. Well done, Mark. You're still in. Tom.
3: Matty James.
2: Matty James, I'm afraid, didn't make an appearance that season in the league. So you're out. No way.
1: Good Coventry there, didn't he,
2: on Saturday? Yeah. So we've got six left. Um, Aaron, any guesses?
5: Drink water.
2: No, he actually scored two goals. So, uh, Mark, you've got six left to go for to win this last man standing
1: we go with Gokan Inla.
2: Gorkan Inla is the correct answer. Three oh. appearances, two are substitute, no goals. I
1: see how many more I can
2: get. Damari Gray? Damari Gray, one start and 11 substitute appearances, no goals. Ben Chilwell? Didn't appear for <sighs> the, us in the league. So well, well, that's got... three on the
4: top for you, Mark.
2: Yeah, we've still, got, we've still got four to go. Do you want to know who they are or do you want to guess?
4: Richie Delant. Oh, no, he
1: scored a Villa. Yeah, he
2: scored. Uh, Shlup? <laughs> Schlu- <laughs> Shlup scored. Oh, no, you just carry on, mate. Daniel Amati.
1: I'll edit all this out to make me not as stick afterwards. So.
4: Antti?
2: No, he scored. He got one.
4: What ben f- Luan
2: didn't oh. score. He only made four um, appearances from the bench, but he didn't score. Um, and somebody that scored a lot of goals since after he left Leicester, young striker. Especially in Germany. Oh, Crammerich. Crammerich, yeah. Came on twice as a substitute, didn't score. And the person with the least amount of appearances, one substitute appearance, didn't score, Joe Dodu. Oh.
1: West Ham away, he played in, and fifteenth of August, we're just just open Primark, go. I think, Karen. At that stage, I was staying in, staying, in well touch with the, staying in touch with the scores in the warehouse, trying to not get caught. Uh, listen, we'll, we'll move go. on. To, we'll, we'll move on to Manchester United. We, we've not won at Old Trafford since nineteen ninety eight. Tony Cotty scored the winner in a one in nil a victory. Barry, do we stand a chance tomorrow after what you saw yesterday?
4: Yeah, well, we have a similar similar record. We haven't beat them at home since ninety eight or ninety six. I can't remember. Yeah, ninety six when we won the league cup. Um, yeah, I think they can be got at. Um, they push their fullbacks far up, um, which we did exploit a couple of times, but just not really punish it. Um, and they're just kind of the masters of the dark arts, you know. Like yeah. they break up the they break up the play really well, and they do have good players. There's not a case of that they're dirt bags got good players that can change it. I think um, just their front three are good. Like they're mm-hmm. going to get a chance. They're going to score for sure. And I would have thought Cavani will start. So yeah, he, he, could, the, punish, he, he could punish your youngsters at the back.
1: So on the new contract today, isn't he as well, Cavani's uh, He's an asset to
4: them, isn't he? He's great. Yeah, he's really good. Um, I don't know, but I, I think it certainly won't be a nil-nil. I think there'll be goals galore, but it's just
2: whose defence is slightly better than the other, I think. I can't see Cavani starting, to be honest. I think he, he will be safe for the Liverpool game and he, he's not going to do all three.
1: Well, there was a rumoured line-up earlier from the guy that released all the Leicester ones um, really, really successfully and really on point. And it was basically all the kids. So there was names that I hadn't really seen um, or, or know a lot of in there. Um, so that would be interesting if they lined up like that. But knowing Leicester, <laughs> we'd, <laughs> we'd probably make hard work of it anyway. Aaron, just sum up Manchester United season for us so far
5: um ultimately it's got to be a successful one they're more than likely going to finish second in the league they're um in the final europa and and, all, and again they should probably win that um the uh, um decent in the cups as well to be honest like it, it's a good season it as well well, kind of take it away from the kind of statistical side. They just look better. They, they're they a bit grittier. You've got that kind of record of um, coming from losing positions to win more than anyone else. More points won for losing positions. Um, they don't just throw the towel in. there's a great attacking play. Like, it just seems like there's some stuff coming together. A couple of decent signings into that, which, look, is there the money about this summer after kind of COVID and whatnot? But drop two or three decent players into that team. Um and really, they're not that far away, I don't think.
1: Yeah, that is the thing, isn't it? They've been gritty. I don't think they've always been um, dominating games, but they just don't go out of games, do they? I remember Southampton away, they were 2-0 down, looking like they were going to you know, lose 3-4-0 and came back in to win it 3-2. That's a good sign, isn't
5: it? Yeah, and, you, and we've got this production line of, I know you just said about some of the names there, you're probably not, not recognised that might come on, but some of these kids have had chances in the Cups or in Europa and they look decent. Um, I don't know. There, there's promising signs all across the pitch of what, what's coming, I think.
1: Europa League is a good one as well to field those players, isn't it? Um, obviously, there's a lot going on at Manchester United at the minute with the Glazers and everything else that goes on around that. Do you think Leicester can tap into that sort of negativity? I suppose it'd be a little bit easier with no fans there, but it is going to be the first game at Old Trafford since the, uh, the protest that went on.
5: Yeah, and I think I've read today that aren't they? They're putting up extra barriers and even more security, and they're building new things to because there's more protest planned. Uh, obviously, a lot of it around the the uh, rescheduled Liverpool game, but still. Um, look, ultimately, I think South is going to want to win the Liverpool game um, with that kind of kind of I don't know what phrase you'd use, but that he's not as fussed about the Leicester game. I would say, in all honesty. Yeah. The younger kids are going to go out. They're going to have a chance. That's why, again, same as Steve, I don't think we'll see Cavani at all um, because Man United is kind of attacking place just a different level when Cavani's is there. So he'll want that for Liverpool. Um, obviously, McGuire's. It's not confirmed about his injury, but whatever comes back, he's highly, likely going to play as well. Um, it's just going to be a completely different team.
1: I'm just finding this... Uh... This lineup that's been muted for tomorrow. So it is Henderson, Williams, Bailey, Twanzebe, Tellez, Matic, Van der Beek, Ahmed Traore, Mata, Shortire and Greenwood. So that is a lot of. Cha- if that is true, that is a lot of changes, isn't it? There's
5: there's still some decent players in there though. Um, yeah. That Ahmed obviously got got that goal in Ura for that cheeky little header. Um, that Shola Shottire. Um, he's had little glimpses, a nippy little winger. Mason has half a chance he's going to put it in the net. Um, Donny in midfield, indeed, he should absolutely bully him all day. But um, there's still some decent stuff in there.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
5: Yeah. That is the lineup.
1: Steve, it's only, only a rumour yeah. um, and, you know, might, might edit this out as well if, if it's completely wrong. But, Steve, how confident are you ahead of tomorrow? Obviously, Friday is going to damage that, isn't it? But we stand half a chance, don't we?
2: Well, as Graeme Sooner said, if we play like we did on Friday, we won't win another game. Uh, and that's Definitely. true. But I, but I can't see us playing like that again. Um, as I said, we've only had two bad games on the trot. We've never had three. So I'm expecting us to raise our performance and if it is a good young team from Manchester United but not their best team, I think we've got a chance. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. we're good away from home.
1: Well, what you know, Ian Marshall was on a few weeks ago, isn't he? He spoke about, you know, why does it make a difference home in a way now? How how is it still make a difference? How how have we seen Leicester be so good on the road? Yeah, so bad at home.
2: Steve. Well, I think part of it is the um there's no home crowds and I think they can be like the 12th man sometimes so when you're playing at Ellen Road and, and it's empty um, you know, there's nothing in the crowd or nothing in the crowd to get the players back again once we go in front or whatever so I, I think that gives the away teams an advantage anyway there's been more away wins than home wins in the Premier League I think for the first time mm-hmm. this season so I, I don't think it's just Leicester Everton or another team very good away, I think we have got a bit of pace um, particularly earlier on in the season when Vardy was on form and we had Barnes playing and whatever, we had quite a lot of brace, uh, pace to hit teams on the break um, so I think that's part of it um, We, when we're, we're in shape, defending without the ball, we do it quite well as we saw at Manchester City, we didn't have a lot of the ball and won the game 5-2 so, you know, I think it's a combination of a lot of things that that have seen us do that. But you're saying there's a chance. Oh yeah, <laughs> don't Tom, believe haven't we?
1: <laughs> Tom, I was going a bit. Uh, what was it? What was the film Dumb and Dumber then, wasn't it? So you said there's a chance, <laughs> Tom. And um, who, who are you wary of? Forget the lineup that I've just said that is rumored to be going out tomorrow. If it was a full strength United team, who would you be most wary of?
3: Um. Well, probably uh Greenwood and Rashford to be honest. I think
2: <sighs>
3: I think I was a bit, you know, concerned last time we played Man U, but obviously with all Fred's mistakes it um it went our way, didn't it? But yeah, it, until we see that lineup it's it's hard to
1: say for me. And, <laughs> This is probably going to sound a really stupid question and I think it, it would have been a much easier one to answer had we beat Southampton and Newcastle. Does Brendan Rodgers make changes for the game tomorrow with the cup final in mind, Tom?
3: It's, it's so difficult to call, Mark. I think, you know, if, if we were playing for nothing, absolutely we would. But where we are, we, we, can't, make, we can't make our team weaker. To um, to try and try and win that cup final at the weekend, but
0: gotta go I mean, into like, both. Like,
3: like you said before, you look at the team that. Well, yeah, yeah, and you look at the way some of these top players, aka Madison, have, has played. And do you bring Pe- Perez in then?
1: I, I would play Perez instead of yeah. Madison. Yeah, personally, I thought he offered more, and I saw a really good start, Barry. Actually, that... Perez, when he's on, he's breaking through the lines. He's the player that's playing for Leicester that is taking players on. And um, What do you make to him? I know in the past you've said you don't rate him that much, but can he make a difference to to us in the next couple of games?
4: Yeah, I think so. Like, when, when we first started this, I didn't used to rate him and we used to make fun of him all the time. But because oh, I so really? more interested in Leicester, I do quite like him. I'm growing to like him. And because he's a striker, his thought process is to get ahead of the strikers. Yeah, And Madison's is not that. Uh, and I don't think Madison plays well behind two. He needs to be the furthest forward, number ten. But yeah, Perez Penis, Penis has to start. Yeah, and I don't and, think I don't think you're worried about the cup final.
1: No, I, I would agree. I think if we'd have picked those five points up extra, and we needed maybe a point in the last four games, I could see us going to Old Trafford and putting a completely different team out. Just to go back on a point Steve raised earlier on about Glezzi and Nacho not being able to play as the the lone striker. Is that something that you think can be learnt over time or is that how it's going to be for him?
4: I, th- I think that's, that. yeah, I, there's just stri- there is strikers like that that play better with another striker. It's just how they would have grown up and how they would have played as a team and then a young adult and that. So I just don't know if he's got that steel, is that the right word? And willing to just run on empty all the way yeah. up to the 90th minute. I just don't think he's got that in him, unfortunately.
1: So that's really hard then, Bas, isn't it? because as good as he's been and as you know is much of a crucial part that he's played in the team, he's potentially stopping us playing in a different system that one that might suit us even more. You know, you look at when Harvey Barnes was fit, and we played with the two wingers and um, or, or with the three behind Vardy, sorry. Um you know, with Ian in there, and if he can't do that by himself, how does he fit in next season?
4: Um Well, so that's Dendon Vardy, isn't it? We'll just have to see how Vardy tails off this the end of the season. Like you're obviously going to buy another striker. Mm. That's obviously going to happen. But I like, as much as actual has been banging them in, there is a case for him being dropped and putting Madison in behind Vardy. Yeah, that's what I'm that saying.
1: It. That sounds really harsh, doesn't it, when you say it out, yeah. out loud? Because mm. he's been banging the goals in. But you know, for the greater good of the team, certainly in the, not necessarily tomorrow, but on Saturday... And he's been so good. He said the FA Cup loves him, Steve. He'd be gutted to miss out on him. Is that a possibility?
2: Um, no, I think, you're playing, I think you're playing that. But I think next season, if Madison's back to fitness, if Barnes is back to fitness, we could see Kelechi dropped again. But I don't think he will be dropped this season.
1: No, he's been good, though, hasn't he, since the turn of the year? Well, since since February the 28th, when he had a shocker against Arsenal.
2: Uh, I'd say, yeah, I'd say his finishing's been great. Uh, but he's had some moments, as I said, where he, he can trap the ball as far as I can kick it. So, it you know, he's not a, the finished article, is he? So, he's, you know, and still sometimes he looks like he's not interested, then he'll burst into it. So he's done really well. His confidence has obviously grown a lot. Getting a run in the team and banging a few goals in, but he's not a superstar yet. I know he might have scored right up there with anyone in the top five European leagues since March or whatever. But there's certainly more, a, a lot more strikers I would ha- rather have than Coletti in the team, to be honest. He's just, and Jamie Vardy's created quite a lot for him.
1: Just lost us half of our listeners by saying that about Coletti, but never mind. No, it, it, it is a fair point, a valid point. Um, Aaron, as we've got you on, and again we can take these blue tinted specs off now. That that we will have about this, Harry Maguire. What's your thoughts on on him? Because he's not had a bad season, as he? he's he's been pretty solid. Obviously, getting injured's ruined this part of the show, but um, you know, how do you view Harry Maguire?
5: Look, he's an easy target, isn't he? Because because of the price tag, because of the money that Van Dyke was bought just before that, that was ultimately less than him and what Van Dyke's done for Liverpool. He is an easy target, but. Um, ultimately what Man United's defence has been like since he's come into it is a whole different kind of world. They were, you think that the defensive partnership was Lindelof and Bailly, if Baye they fit for more than five minutes. But then you're looking at Smalling, Phil Jones, Rojo, like completely different. When you look, I know Sky Sports put that up against Villa that for Man United, he had more aerial duels. I've read it down, so there's a list. Aerial duels, blocks, clearances, Jules one interceptions and successful passes than any other Man United player in the Premier League this season. Yeah, like that, that. That kind of shows his his value to to the team. You can see him usher in the line. I think there was a good debate on Monday Night Football a while ago as well. Um, Carragher and Neville were talking about England team and saying who who in the England team are are actually going to be crucial if you if they're not there, and obviously Harry Kane being the obvious one. Yeah, and they were saying. Maybe Maguire, the other one. Not because he is the best centre-back in the world, but just what he brings to to the rest of the team and kind of what you look to put with him. If you take Maguire out and you look at the other kind of centre-back partnerships for England, um, it it, it doesn't look as strong. Yes, he he turns slower than a caravan on the motorway. (laughs) Everything else he has... He, he, he's, he's decent, I, I like him to be honest and look, we know I like an old-fashioned centre-back as well um, so him getting stuck in and doing some of the dirty stuff and I think he's had more yellow cards than any other player in the Premier League this season as well You'll love that, like, won't you? I, I like that, yeah just, I'm all just, to, that. just
1: to put a bit of context behind that, Aaron used to play uh, centre-back in our work, six-side team and Dublin, I think it was weird, seven,
5: wasn't it? Seven aside, yeah. It was
1: normally only six when you were playing because you got sent No, you didn't get sent off, uh, but you were a fearsome centre half uh, battering into everyone. So I'm not surprised that he beat you like that, Steve. We've got to be thankful for Harry Maguire. Haven't we he's paid for our trading ground. We signed him for 17 million, sold him for 18, and he, you know, not even Bergoglio. I think he's doing a half decent job at United this season.
2: Yeah, look, I, Leicester fans don't like players leaving the club for some mm. reason. They think they should be as loyal as them. Even though they weren't born in Leicester, and it's a job for them, and so they, uh, other than N'Golo Kante, they seem to get the arse ache if anyone leaves and goes somewhere else, and you know they're bench warmers, aren't they? Kante, you should hear the you should hear the fellow well.
1: that sits you should hear the fellow that sits behind me and Tom at the KP when Kante's back there. He don't like him, does he, Tom?
2: Well, it's a rarity though, isn't it?
3: Uh, (laughs) we'd have to bleep his comments yeah yeah,
2: it's a rarity and I thought Maguire did a great job for us while he was there particularly in his first season Um, but I think he did a good job yeah he's got some he's not the perfect player he's got some deficits but he's a good leader and and a pretty good centre half and I think it just suits everyone in Leicester to to slag, slag him off because he left us, and I don't think he's that bad a defender. Yeah, just he a, needs a certain type of partner with him to be successful, but I think he's he's a pretty decent defender. And I, I was very happy when he made his when he started playing for England. I was very proud of what he'd done. So yeah,
1: so basically just a miserable bunch of sour, bitter, twisted football fans.
2: Basically, yeah.
1: Yeah, cool. Glad we've, glad we've covered that. Aaron, before we move on and, and talk about the FA Cup final, I know you posted a photo on our... Uh, it was our Facebook group of Kante and uh, Maris. Maris. Yeah. They've got a big game coming up, haven't they? I, I'm really... You know, Steve says about being proud. We've got three ex-players in the Champions League final in Maris, Kante and Chilwell and, and one in the Europa League final with Maguire. That, that's something to be proud of for Leicester, isn't it?
4: Yeah, I would say so. I think why... Why wouldn't you want Canty to do well or uh, Maris to do well if you're a Leicester fan? They won mm. the, the league. You know, like it's I can understand the Maguire disgruntlement, but uh, certainly not the other players.
1: Well, I think. The Mares one is probably more than Maguire from from Leicester fans and um, because yeah, of the so. the way that he dealt with you know his departure. He was sulking, he was trying really trying to force through his, his move. Whereas Harry Maguire, Tom, we went to watch Leicester v. Stoke in a preseason friendly, I think it was his last game, and he still went out the pitch, played his played his way, didn't he? And he still tried his best. He did. He did,
3: yeah. I, I'm kind of with Steve on this, though, where, you know, wish him well when they, when they leave. I mean, I know a lot of people didn't like <clears throat> Mares and the way he left, but weren't he a player? He was he was quality when he was on our wing.
1: And Pep's made him an even better player, isn't he? <laughs> he
4: well, had potential look, at Leicester. <laughs>
2: they've, all, they've all won trophies, haven't they? right yeah. And that's what... People always say they'd leave for more money. Well, of course, more money is going to be enticing. But actually, if I was a player playing at a club like Leicester or West Ham and I got a chance to go to a Man U or a Man City or even a Liverpool or a Chelsea, I'd be doing it because I could win trophies. Surely as a footballer, that's what you want. It doesn't matter how much money you've got. I mean, how many houses and cars do you want to buy? It's actually having won something, you know? (laughs) <laughs> you tell us Marple.
3: no absolutely so with that in mind do you think Ken's missed the boat well that's going to be the big question I think he'll potentially leave
1: Spurs this summer he's got it when he buzz
4: uh, I think so yeah uh, yeah. I think he has to it, unless they get in some manager that he just wants to play under I just I don't see why he would stay they're, they're, they're definitely going downhill though are not they they're, yeah. they're struggling they're struggling team
1: it's nice, very, yeah, it's very nice. I, I hear them. <laughs> Listen, let's let's take a, uh, a score prediction for tomorrow night, Steve. We'll start with
2: you. Um, two one to Leicester. Whoa, Tom.
3: Yeah, I was going to go squeaky two.
2: Aaron one.
5: <laughs> you know, I was going to say two one, so I'll go one all.
4: And Barry. Yeah, score draw or
1: something. I, I was going one all as well, guys. Before you said anything, so yeah. I... I'd be happy with a point at Old Trafford tomorrow. Just going on that, I'd be really happy to go into the last game of the season and needing a win against Tottenham. That's what I would take at this stage to guarantee it. And so, if we could be there and go into that game needing that, I, I would take that all day long. And listen, me too. Fifty-two years, Steve, since the last FA Cup final. You were just a boy of forty at that stage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh,
2: seriously? Go, <laughs> <laughs> seriously, <laughs> <laughs> seriously <laughs> Dave? Swivel on that one. Go on.
1: <laughs> After the '69 <laughs> final, um, did you ever ever think that Leicester would be back in the FA Cup final? And how are you feeling about Saturday?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, as as you know, I was uh, I could have gone to the '74 semi final, was it '74 or '73? I Think it was '74, but I was in the school place, and my dad said he'd take us to the final, and we got knocked out by Liverpool. Uh, I went to the '82 semi final. Really didn't expect us to get through a second division Leicester against high-flying First Division Tottenham Hotspur. But um, since then, I mean, Wickham, oh, what a game. I thought we were going to get through that season under Peter Taylor. Um, we've it's we've been very poor since 82 in the FA Cup. So um, it's been a long time coming. And wouldn't it be great to having spent all that time just winning a League Cup or two, that we could say we've won the League, the FA Cup and the League Cup?
1: Absolutely, and how are you personally feeling about it? Because you all go into the game on Saturday.
2: Yes, fortunately, um, good old Babs, fortunate. good old Babs with a disabled kid, good old Babs, uh, <laughs> yeah, and a mobility scooter. I'll be there, <laughs> yeah. making sure she doesn't run too many people not, over. The only issue is, I'm not sure. Stupor.
1: I'm not sure you're going to get down the M1 on the back of that scooter. That's going to be the, the problem. <laughs> uh, we'll find a way. Um, She'll um, me for that, by the way. <laughs> you, you've spoke about me on your show
2: again. I told you not to <laughs> Yeah, how am I feeling about it? Um, I, I'm not feeling ultra confident, but we've got to win sometime, haven't we? Surely. I mean, we're the only team to have been to four finals and not won one. Surely we can't make it five and not win one, can we? That's what I'm clinging to. We'll
1: leave that (laughs) silence to linger there a little bit. Yeah, Yeah, Tom, same to you. You know, we we weren't expecting tickets, were we? So the story for for us, and I'm sure anyone that's listening will know, is that, you know, we've got 6,250 tickets, uh, which out of a total crowd of 22,000 is not great in itself. So 9,000 to the residents of Brent, which is five miles away from the area of Chelsea. Um, 6,250 <laughs> to Chelsea fans and then 6,250 to, to us. And because we don't get too many away games because of our working situation or the rest of it, we really weren't expecting to go. So we are heading down there on Saturday. What's your thoughts?
3: Yeah, it was pretty unlikely, wasn't it? Of, of us managing to get some. But I mean, it's it's kind of so out of the blue with managing to get those tickets that I don't think it's, it's not sunk in yet. It's amazing. (laughs) I can't wait. I can't wait to get to a live match. And
1: uh, obviously we need to have a COVID test first. So presumably you'll be looking forward to getting something up your nose again.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on from that point. Uh, Baz,
1: t- Chelsea are a, a totally different animal, aren't they, under Thomas Tuchel?
4: Yeah, they're actually quite good to watch. It's, uh, a bit of a pain because um, I don't really like them either. But yeah, I, I think I think that's going to be a tough game for you guys. It'll be down to, down to confidence in how you come out of the Man United game, I think. Yeah. Uh, I just don't, because I can see them winning the Champions League too.
1: Yeah, it's a good thing that they're in the Champions League final, as far as Leicester are concerned, that they've got those two different prizes that they can
2: still get. Or do you think they'll be even more hungry for both?
4: Sorry, mate. I think my wife has caught there.
2: Well, I'll answer that one. I I don't think it'll make any difference to Chelsea. I think they'll still be going to win the FA Cup. They're not going to be saving themselves for the Champions League. Um, And I just hope that maybe Johnny Evans is fit for that one. And could play because I think it'll make a difference to us. What um, do you think?
1: Uh, what do you think will be going on with Johnny Evans then behind the scenes at the minute? Do you think it will be uh painkiller injections and and just really trying to get him out there on the pitch on the day because uh, he, he looked in a bad way didn't he on Friday?
2: Yeah, painkillers, steroids, whatever they're allowed to give him. I think just to get him back again and a lot of rest, obviously between now and and uh, the weekend.
1: Yeah, uh, Aaron. How impressed have you been by Chelsea under Tuchel? Because since he's taken over, have they taken more points than anyone else? I think it. it's a stat that I've seen.
5: No, I've not seen that stat. But yeah, same as what Barry said. That do you know what? that They are nice to watch now. And he's got some of the players that didn't look right under Lampard suddenly firing um, Havertz. And I know Werner's still not necessarily getting goals, but he's getting in the positions and getting chances. And he's had a couple of assists as well. They They look dangerous. You think they've beat... Beat City, um, and City look like they were miles ahead of everyone for a while now. To be honest, um, yeah, yeah it's gonna it is going to be a tough game. Yeah, but Undo they've absolutely. got Arsenal, and, and look, they've got Arsenal, and you never know what Arsenal are going to turn up. You could have the absolute dog litter Arsenal turn up, or <laughs> suddenly they can just find something and then play like their bloody Man City. Um, yeah. So they've got Arsenal between now and then. So that, yeah, that could true. be a bit of an interesting one. So Wednesday, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, so we've got the extra day's rest there as well. And it can come down to small details, can't it? Um, is there anyone in the Chelsea side that you're worried about there? I think uh, Aaron just mentioned Werner, uh, Steve. Um, I'm worried about him personally because we know that we are very obliging at Leicester City. We like to give players that don't score many goals the opportunity. Benteke is always the the one. Zahars is another. Uh, um, Werner could could be the man to, to break our hearts on Saturday, couldn't
2: he? He could be. Uh, but I'd be more worried about Havertz, Mount, Pulisic, to be honest. Um, I think they've got a, lo- a lot of good players um, and we're going to have to be A, have our A game with us, and and, and them to be not playing at the best. I mean, what worried me a little bit is in the semi-final, both teams were really nervous, weren't they? Neither Leicester or Southampton played well. And we can't let the occasion get to us as we did then. I mean, we got away with it because Southampton were woeful. But, um, yeah, it's going to be a very tough game. And I think they've got threats all over the park.
1: If we come back to, to the subplots, Tom, of Kante and, and Chilwell in there. Um, there's going to be some interesting battles versus those two, aren't they? You've got Ndidi versus Kante in the middle, that's going to be really key, and then Chilwell against Castagna down the Chelsea's left. How do we come out yeah. on top in those?
2: Well, I think,
3: I think, I think Ndidi's proved that he's, he's more than capable of, of filling that role. and... Uh, well, yeah, I mean, to, to see them kind of mirror each other in the middle of the park is going to be amazing. Um, Castagna as well, to come in. And and I know when uh, Chilwell was was leaving us, we, we weren't that fussed about the way he was playing at the time then. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to, to see that as well.
1: And from a tactical question, I'll come to the man with the Level 3 coaching badge. Barry, and um, he's got his thumb up there, knowing that, you know, <laughs> his brain's going to be needed. Uh, would you change the formation of your Brendan Rodgers to, to play against Chelsea? Because we look so unsteady at the back on on Friday night. Um, do you think he, he might go to a back four and bring in another defensive midfielder?
4: Um, <clears throat> no, I don't. I don't think that. I think they need to defend pace with pace on the wings. I think the... I do, uh, Depending on, on what Madison does midweek, he, he could generally not be playing. Um, I think they need to be wary of set pieces. Chelsea are very creative with set pieces as well, so I think um, I could easily see them getting a few kick corner, routine
1: The bookies have got Leicester at nearly three to one, just under three to one, and uh, Chelsea just under even. So they clearly think that, that Chelsea are the the favourites. It's going to be really tough for Leicester. Leicester need to be at the very best, don't they, on on Saturday.
4: Yes, a hundred percent. But that's if they can't get if they can't get themselves up motivated for that game, then um, they're never going to be able to do it. Yeah, and I think I think Chelsea have got a bit of a swagger, so they could get caught out. Yeah, and and they'll have their, their eyes on the, the Champions League too.
1: It's going to be really weird, and it, being back at a football match on, on Saturday, guys? You know, it's been over a year. Leicester versus Aston Villa, the last game that we went to, 4-0, Harvey Barnes 2, Joby 2. <laughs> <laughs> but but joking, joking aside, it was so, so long ago. And mm. we're going to have to sing our hearts out on, on Saturday, aren't we, guys? Through our masks. Through I'm our masks, right. yeah. And I spent so long looking for tickets. <laughs> this is probably my little stupidity side to me that I was absolutely fuming That I got onto the website, able to buy the tickets, and I couldn't find two that were together. Um, and then I realised that because of social distance, <laughs> yeah. there isn't two that are together. It <laughs> so nearly gave up on the on the opportunity there, but it's, it's going to be a little bit emotional. Um, Steve, if you see Casper Schemeichael lifting that trophy on, on Saturday night, what's
2: going to be running through your mind? Uh, tears, I think. Um, tears of joy. Um, it's just going to be unbelievable. Yeah. Um, uh, it's something that you always hope for an FA Cup win, you know, I, and I have done since I started following them in sixty nine, seventy. And um, and if we actually do it, yeah, I just uh, it's going to be very emotional, full the of pride. To, and
1: the odds are stacked against us, but we can hope, can't we? And uh, you know, only two
2: teams in the game. It's one not us got to win.
1: It's not five thousand to one this time. Um, no. We've had bigger challenges that, that we've come come back from. But I'm going to take the two you know two guys that are neutrals' views on this uh, and their predictions for for the game on Saturday, and then we'll have a, a bit of a think. But Barry, how do you see the game panning out? Just just really open and honestly, you know, you don't need to appease us. What's
4: your thoughts? Um, I, th- I think it'll be tight. I don't think there'll be many goals. Um, I think if you can hold them off past the hour mark, um, frustration might get the better of them and and you could pinch it. Um, yeah,
5: look, uh, Chelsea are the favourites for a reason, aren't they? And I, I think it's that might suit Leicester a little bit. Um, and, and kind of, I was thinking the same along uh, Barry's line, that he just, if they can hold them tight and, and frustrate them, and get Tuchel to start making changes and bringing on the lesser players to try and shake it up, and... <sighs> Then yeah, I, I I suppose in my head I'm seeing what lineup Brendan goes with tomorrow against United. Is he resting players or is he saying to the team, "Do you know what? You've got to play for the opportunity to play in the final on Saturday," mm-hmm. um, and, and and that might come into it because ultimately, like Steve said, that they, they, they sorry, I think Barry said they've got to be up for it. There, there's no other way around that. They have to be up for it. They've got to be at their best. It, the kind of tactical side, yes, it's there, but it's just the hunger, the, the running, the passion, all that's got to come into it. And a side that Chelsea, like we've listed off some of their players, Mason Mount just looks like unreal at the moment. Mm-hmm. We can say Ndidi and Kante, but surely Ndidi's going to have to have a job on on Mount. and There are so yeah. many battles on that pitch that Leicester have got to win.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We need all of our best players to be at their best, don't we, Steve? We need Jamie Vardy to, to be at his peak. James Madison created if he's playing Yuri Tillemans and indeed control of the midfield and those guys at the back all fitting well and keeping those out. If all that happens, will you expect to win? Do you expect to win or are you just hopeful?
2: I'm hopeful. If I if I if I told you, if I give you my prediction with my head, it would be two nil to Chelsea.
1: Yeah,
2: but obviously I I'm hoping that we'll sneak it two Seven one
4: something like Two that. one, yeah,
2: or two one or two 0 <laughs> uh, that will keep them out. And they don't score that many goals under Tuchel actually. Um, so getting getting one if we can get a goal in front, and then hit them on the break and get a second one, I think we'll go on to win. But I think. That's what, that's what it needs. I mean, my heart's going to overrule my head and say we're going to win this one, but really, logic says we shouldn't.
3: Yeah. Tom, how about for you? Completely agree, yeah. <clears throat> I'd love to say that, that I was confident. Um, but you can't go expecting anything but a win, can you
1: <laughs> You can't. No, you can't. You know, And, you know, we've got a a big responsibility, haven't we, Tom, eh? And Steve, on Saturday, we've got responsibility to the (laughs) 40, 50, 60, 70,000 Leicester fans, more than that, around the world that will be watching that. Because we could be that 12th man again for the first time in a very long time.
2: Well, I think we've got to keep singing no matter what, haven't we?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Referees uh, and all that. Yeah, fine. Uh, So, Tom, (laughs) what was your prediction there, sorry?
3: I'll go 2-1. Leicester, okay, but you know, it's it's fingers and toes crossed.
1: I'm gonna go 2 1 as well with a Jamie Vardy 94th minute winner. Written um, oh that, That'll be the, end, <laughs> that'll be the end, end of his movie, Jamie Vardy, the movie.
2: Um, I might be yeah. in the ambulance, <laughs> but I don't know if that's what it's taking.
1: <laughs> that'll be pre match, I think. <laughs> oh no, you're driving, aren't
4: you?
1: Yeah, yeah. um. Aaron, before we finish off and, you know, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Bristol is where you are, where your heart is is from. A uh, Bristol City fan, Nigel Pearson, how's, how's his first few months been? Because the results haven't been great, have they? But um, he's got a tough job on his hands.
5: Yeah. Um, do you know, we've had a good squad for a while, um, but we've had really poor managers. Um, where we've kind of gone the other way on the look of it now. We've got a poor squad, but we've brought someone in with actually some know-how. Um, the the club's rotten at the moment. So um at the end of the season, we've got 12 players out of contract. I think there's probably one or two that we actually want to keep. Mm. Um the ones that we don't want to keep have literally just dang tools and to given up. And they've done that months ago. Um our CEO slash director of football is leaving. Our head of our medical team are leaving. Um Obviously, we've got a new manager in, what what people you might bring with that. We're going to need 10, 15, some city forums are saying 20 new players in the summer. He's got a big job on his hands, but um, ultimately, he's been given a free reign. Um, and I know these things kind of don't see much on the surface, but the more you look into it, he's been appointed as manager, not first team coach, where our last two have been first team coaches. So, straight away, that would signal that he's going to have a bit more of a chance to to kind of put in a good structure around the team. I know that our owner, Steve Landstein, um, they've met recently, and it was said that our owner. You back, Karen? Yay. Can you hear me? Yeah. What just just... Like... Oh, just... yeah, in the middle. Yeah. What were you, you, were
4: just about, you were just about to tell us your love for Lee Johnson. <laughs>
5: Oh yeah, <laughs> three, three foot midget ninja. Yeah,
1: um, <laughs> I don't know how we cobble that don't... back together, but that needs to stay in. <laughs>
5: um, I don't know where where kind of my mid flow was on that, but
1: but just to to sort of cut the long story short, there despite the results, Nigel Pearson's got the full backing of the the fans as he to to go in and do a job there.
5: The Bristol City podcast I listen to the the way that they phrased it was never has a city manager with such a bad run of results ever been so loved.
1: Yeah.
5: Um, because look, obviously you guys know all about him. His post-match interviews are fantastic. Like <laughs> only he does not give a shit if he is calling everyone out. Um, so I, I think that's, what's been quite nice. We've had a couple of yes people as managers and they kind of say and do the right thing. And they're, the media training kicks in and all of that, where he just comes out, calls a spade a spade, says how poor the games are, say how poor the players are, um, t- tells it exactly what it is and he's better. So obviously, as City fans, when we're watching it, going, this is shit, he's ultimately saying it without saying this is shit.
1: Yeah, um, so he's going to be judged on next you know. season's performance there. And you can look forward to a five-year contract for David Nugent in the summer as well, I think. so.
5: <laughs> uh, well, we signed Simpson, didn't we? Of oh, course, yeah,
1: d- yeah, yeah, yeah. Played yeah. Yeah.
5: Yeah, one game has been out injured since, I think. It's <laughs> <laughs> gone well.
1: It's well worth <laughs> it. Listen, thanks so much for for coming on tonight. Are you Are going to be watching the game on Saturday, Aaron?
5: Yeah, 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 absolutely.
1: Yeah. Well, look out for us. We're at, we're at the back in the corner somewhere. Steve's in the posh seats and um, in the disabled
2: section uh, with my mum. So you're near the dugouts, I think, aren't you, Steve? Yeah, I think so. We'll be on a ramp or something, yeah, uh, a level area. Yeah. Somewhere about a third of the way up, or something. Yeah.
1: Harry, are you gonna? You obviously gonna be watching the game on Saturday, are you? Yeah, of course. Yeah, as well. Yeah. So. But What's your plan for it? Will you be watching it at home?
4: Uh, I'll watch it at home. Well, I say that um, as you know, my fiance doing that sponsored haircut for uh, yeah. charity. Is she having it so cut that, on Saturday? Is she? You've guessed right. Yeah. So I think the possibly the hairdresser that's coming to do it, her lads, come in, and we might even try and go into a beer garden and watch it
1: that sounds good yeah
4: but we'll see um we'll best, see
1: best wishes to to sarah having that done on on saturday um, thanks mate yeah. you guys will obviously tom i'll be with you but steve we'll, we'll see you down at wembley in a, in a pub somewhere I, yeah. I imagine just wait and see Can we if get Aaron... in a pub yeah i think so oh
2: yeah. that'd
4: be good i think yeah. you're getting, definitely getting a garden yeah for sure
1: yeah. yeah it's a couple of off licenses anyway we'll have to go rogue. good yeah, wicked. All right. Well, thanks very much for, for joining us, Barry, Aaron, Tom and Steve. That's another episode of It's Eleven, It's Heaven for Jamie Vardy. We look forward to speaking to you again early next week, hopefully uh, reveling in the g- glory of a, a amazing City FA Cup victory. Goodbye.